I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Unbelievable how many texts we've received on good gas station food. I just, y'all are awesome. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. National Mississippi Day, so we had to talk gas station food, among other things. Catfish, um, comeback sauce, grits, hunting, fishing, football. football. Okay. We are the Out of Steaks. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by the amazing steaks at Kessel Prime and the Renaissance, KesselPrime.com, to make a reservation. Uh, this is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We've got the Cowboys and the Seahawks tonight. Dallas can't let their guard down. They can't do it. It's just uh, because Philly keeps pulling games. They're not going to catch Philly. Um, you needed Philly to Philadelphia Eagles to, to drop one of these close games that they had, and they didn't. Credit to them. They're a good team. They got the best general manager in the NFL. Um, they got a hell of an owner. And... Um, you know, their offensive line's ranked number one in the NFL. And, well, that's enough, actually. Uh, plus, they've got a guy named A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith made an unbelievable catch, as y'all saw last week. Well, more than that. But the one that he did make was ridiculous and filthy. Yeah. Um, kid can play. And they've got ballers, you know. And they add they add people, which some teams don't. Which, as y'all know, it drives me crazy. They're always adding a piece. And the Cowboys are always telling us that they're good with their roster. And Jerry uses the word content way too much. And I, I, don't, I don't think I like that when you're talking about, like, your NFL roster. The Patron on Yeho caller line, 601-707-3750. Uh, Twitter handle, at Bowbounds. And the Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. Steve Palazzolo is going to join us at 830 Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Chris Collinsworth owns that site with some other investors. PFF is awesome. He'll join us at 830. We'll talk Dak and the Cowboys and some other, um, you know, teams and get trend. Who's trending where? How about that? Um, he'll join us at 830. He'll be on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, like all of our guests are. We had four guests on yesterday, and they were all on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Jason? So, uh, this guy's saying MHSAA football. Okay, great. I don't yeah. know what he's. Wanting. We got some state championships tonight. Oh, all right. Do you have the games? So it starts tonight. I think tonight is at least one A and one uh, A three and five. I think. Okay. 
I thought that was always on Friday and Saturday, but maybe they moved it around. Out of Bounds, I'm your host, Bo Bounds. want to thank you for going to Apple Podcast and Spotify, searching Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Thanks for hitting up the podcast. We've got Tom Luganville, Dave Bartu, uh, Chris Doring, all on Jeff Levy, uh, Josh McQuistian, Oklahoma Sooner, insider on Jeff Levy. I mean, for day, content for days. Apple Podcast or Spotify, search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounce. Would love for you to hit subscribe. Jason? Yes, yeah, so tonight we have 1A, Velma Jackson, taking on Biggersville, and then we have 5A, Laurel, taking on West Point. Okay. West at, Point's always in it. Yeah, at 4 and 7.30. Yeah. Okay. And then tomorrow is Heidelberg against Charleston, 2A. Charleston's always in it. Yeah, and Heidelberg is always. They sniffing. will those two <laughs> those places will light you up. Yeah, that's one of those head on a swivel. We need to add those to the list of when we're talking like Lumberton and and that sort of, like Egypt, Mississippi, that sort of thing. They're expert. They're they're elite thumpers. I like that. We may we may get a shirt. Elite thumpers. Elite thumpers. <laughs> okay. And then Saturday we have Columbia four A versus Louisville. 4A. Louisville's always in it. Always, and, uh, always, he, always. Another Noxaby. Of course. They're always in it. They are playing, they're 3A, playing Winona Saturday at 3.30. Okay. And then. Winona. They've got a place that, uh, they've got a gas station that has really good food. I can't ooh. remember the name of it. I know that there's a place in Winona. I'm pretty sure it's Winona. And we talked about it before. Where you can it's, get like jellies and honey and local, all kinds of local. It's like a. It's not a mercantile shop, but it's a kind of farmer's market, but more than that, because I think I've been in it. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, are you talking about the one that looks like kind of like a cabin, like a log? I think so. I have to think. Well, no, there, there's a log cabin on the Grenada exit. Grenada, that's like a barbecue that's place what I'm, or something. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of the Grenada place. Now, there's also a place in Eupora. Well, it's. I don't know if it's technically in Newport because it's on the side of the highway. I, I stopped by there within the last couple of years and I got a sandwich and it was delicious. It's on the south side of the road. If you're going towards Startville from Winona. Okay. I, see, I can't yeah. remember the name of the place, but I mean, it's got a full restaurant, gas station, deli type thing going. Wow. And I grabbed a sandwich from there. It was phenomenal. Uh, what's I should crazy, have written, written down the place. Looking at these games, what's crazy is that MRA was in one of the closest games against a team who's now in the state championship. Oak Grove will be playing Starkville. I think MRA Oak Grove was 46-45, and it was at Oak Grove. John White, the quarterback for MRA, was unbelievable. He's about to sign in the next couple of weeks. I don't know where. I don't know if he's going to go to Southern Miss or if he's going to go somewhere else. There's a lot of other teams looking around um again if mike leach hadn't passed away he i believe he, he would already have an offer long time ago from mississippi state but uh he's one of the best high school quarterbacks to ever play phenomenal Man. player 46 4 it was a great i've had people who live for high, mississippi high school football who told me it's the best game of the year wow regardless mhsaa mais Insane. MRA Oak Grove at Oak Grove this year was the they said was the best game in high school football this year. That score popped my eyes out. Yeah. Like what? Look, man, <laughs> I mean, Oak Grove has a lot more talent. 
Um, John White played like a dude. He had to throw some dimes that night to to make that all happen. I mean, I want to know what Oak Grove's graduating class size is. I graduated with 50. I would think <laughs> like, uh, 300. Oh, it's got to be more than that. Is it more than that? I don't even yeah. know. I don't know what those... I think Madison my Central kids, does I think like graduated 600. with 90 at MRA. Okay. So when I was at MRA, I think we, I graduated with 38 or 39. Um, yeah, that was I was 50. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. around there. But now, I mean... Even back then, Prep and Jay were over 100. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where we found the bodies. Yeah, for but real. You, I wasn't thinking about it then because you're just playing sports and living life and doing what you do, right? But um, it's a numbers game, man. It is a numbers game all day long. Um, the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We've got Steve Palazzolo coming up at 8.30. We'll talk NFL. And uh, Dak and the Cowboys, Hurts and the Eagles, San Francisco. And then on the other side, you know, I hear people, I was listening to a podcast coming back from Golden Moon to, to Table 100 yesterday. And there were two guys debating the Buffalo Bills. And they were like, we don't care that they're 6-6. Six and six. They're still a good football team. <laughs> you and that happens. You wouldn't hear that about other teams. There's a love affair for Buffalo. Is, is it not or what? Because it's a, kind of the small market. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, well, it's like the, like the stepchild. Like, you know, they've never been treated well. They've never done, like, succeeded. So you kind of want them to. I got it. Like, that's, I mean, it was the same way with the Bengals. Who wasn't cheering for the Bengals in the Super Bowl? I mean, except for if you the lived in Bengals LA. The Bengals do have a <laughs> kind of a lovable losers vibe to them. That's where you're going, right? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. All right, so it doesn't sound like you're buying the Bills. Ah, You're not. You got to win more football games to be bought. Well, they can but... still win. I mean, we still got five weeks. Yeah, but. No? Okay. I mean, as six and six. Okay. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by Superior Foundation. For all your foundation repairs, superior.ms, Superior Foundation. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, J.J. Pegues coming back for Lane Train and, I guess, Pete Golding, if nobody takes him. Uh, obviously, Jason and Ole Miss fans want to keep him because he did a really good job this year as a defensive coordinator. But, uh, yeah, J.J. Pegues can play. Man, that name, that last name. That family's got some athletes. Carries weight in the state. It does carry weight. <laughs> And he, I mean, isn't it amazing say, how South Panola fell off the map? That is, I mean, we were talking. You about... You don't remember this because you were young, but when I started the show, 
in the fall of 2003, Eli Manning's senior year, okay, on an AM that you had to have, like you had to be on top of your car with a can to your ear facing Aluminum southwest. Yeah, that sort of thing. To get, to get the dial, okay, 930. And um, South Panola was on this run that was just insane. Um, and it was a credit to them, but also Mississippi High School football, which I actually would say on the air, and you're not supposed to say anything bad about Mississippi High School football, but was not where it should be mm. in the north part of the state or the south part of the state, and damn sure not in the metro area. Um, now today, I mean, light years ahead, but you should never have let South Panola dominate like that. And um, anyway, fast forward, what was it? Jason, about five five years in, Meridian beat him in the championship game. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Russell. Russell and Chris Smith, <laughs> the late Chris Smith, who played at Mississippi State too, was a solid you know wide receiver. Beat them. Uh, I was watching that game with friends and Wendy. That you know, not a lot of games were on then. Okay, but I mean, it was the high school. Champion 6A at that time. Now we're 7A, right? Yeah. The big boys. Um, I was watching that game, I guess, on a Friday night or Saturday, but I think it was a Friday night at Mint, where local is. Wow. Yeah. Because, I <laughs> mean, people, people started gravitating to the bar. I mean, as the game unfolded and you thought, holy smokes, this may, they may do this. By the, by the time midway through the fourth quarter was – was playing out, Jason, between Tyler Russell and South Panola. Um, and don't get me wrong, that Meridian D was stout too, okay? Um, the, it was shoulder to shoulder in Mint during Christmas time watching South Panola and Meridian. I mean, we wow. were all just, it was like every, people were hanging on to every play. Have people told me, like, whenever wow. I was, because obviously I was pretty young, but the movie Facing the Giants was still kind of new. At that time. And my parents told me that's South Panola. That team that they're playing, that's what people think of South Panola. Like, there's no way you can beat them. Yeah. Like, they're they're unbeatable. Yeah. I still have a t-shirt from that. Do you? From, from that game, yeah. It's like... From It's from South- like a, a youth large or something. I never wear it. Really? But, but just to have it. Because it's got... From what game? From the South Panola... Uh, the South Panola Meridian game. You have a t-shirt? Yeah. You got to bring it in tomorrow. Yeah, I got, I got to find it first of all. Like I said, it's a youth large or youth medium, <laughs> something like. But it has the the uh, players on both teams. Are you serious? It's it's a great. How shirt. did you get that T-shirt? My, so my friend Nick Louvier, okay, him and his dad were sitting. Like, went to the at, game. Yeah, went to the game. I guess it was at and got shirts. Veterans Memorial Stadium. This is before they started moving it to college campuses. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've got it somewhere. Wow. I, hopefully I didn't get rid of it when I do my normal, you know, haul to the charity, that sort of thing. But yeah, no. I, oh, I've if had, you threw it away. I know. Bad, Jason. I, I know. I know. How do you throw away a South Panola Meridian championship t-shirt? I know. If I, if what I color did it, is it? It's gray. 
It's gray. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's gray. I bet it's like Russell Athletic. Yeah, it's got like the... Uh, I bet it's still that heavy cotton, not the what we wear now, no, like I have on. This, nothing stretchy. Yeah, nothing stretchy at all. Yeah. It, it's either like Fruit of the Loom or Oh, or yeah, Russell. Or, or, or jerseys. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, J-E-R-Z-E-E-Z, I think, or S, jerseys. Exactly. Or uh, Hanes. Starter used to be cool. Starter used to be cool. Is that what your jacket is, starter? Your your that, bomber jacket? Yes. Yeah, that's starter. Okay. And I, I think that sweatshirt, my Viking sweatshirt, might be starter as well. Man, I don't guess they're still around anymore. Uh, they may not have made it through the. I I used to wear the twenty seventh iteration of whatever they were supposed to be. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I used to wear starter shoes. They used to be cool. Did you really? I did. What color? Oh, all different kinds. I mean, wow. I would, I would go for like junior high. Uh, like elementary school, elementary, elementary school. and then started like beginning of junior high. Then like I started to, I couldn't believe I conformed to the, the Nike. Uh, like you what went, it, you went mainstream. Yeah. I went mainstream. You went from starter to Nike. I should have stuck with the starter. Cause now it's cool. Cause starter's cool again. Is it come back? Yeah. You like know, every, almost everything comes back. Exactly. You know how it makes the it's way like vinyl. Right. I've got a lot of records from my dad actually. Do you really? Cause he, he was born in 59. So okay. all of his, like from the seventies, I mean, he's got Billy Joel, BG, I love all that. Beatles, Eagles, I love all, yeah. everything. Uh-huh. So now I seem cultured. Fleetwood Mac? Fleet, of course. Mm. Of course, Fleetwood Mac. And I, I listen to those. Stones? Classic. Yes. Yeah. I mm. mean, he's got like the deluxe Beatles album mm. where it's got like, I think two. Earth, Wind & Fire? Uh, yeah. I love the Earth, Wind, and uh, The Commodores? Yes. Got the Commodores in there? Yeah. I saw them like when I was a kid here. I guess they came to the fair or something. Like in 82 or 3 or something. Man, t- they put on a show. Yeah, I mean, you felt like you were big living. Wow. Yeah. My, uh, my mom was in Oxford when the Commodores went to Oxford. And the opening act couldn't find how to get to where they were performing. I think it was the lyric at the time. And my mom and her friend were walking. And they said, can you show us where it is? And, of course, this is in the 70s. So right. she was like, yeah, of course. They get in the limo, ride with them to the Lyric, and they say backstage. I don't what, know if the Lyric was around in the 70s, or whatever but it may it have was. been. Whatever, anyway, go yeah, ahead. Wherever it was. Yeah, no, this is and, a good story. And she gets to watch the opening act and the Commodores from backstage. That is awesome. And then she told me and my sister, never get in a car like that. <laughs> like, well, that's a good point. You don't, never, yeah, you kind of, but it, like, it's, catch, it's the seventies, uh, you know, people would leave their doors unlocked, you know, yeah. hanging out, not worried about a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I was thinking about, I was listening to Lionel Richie last week. Ooh. You talking about a legend. Yeah. That guy can sing. No doubt. Right. He's no made doubt. A, he, he's made an absolute fortune. He sold a lot of well, I guess starting when he started, it was it was eight tracks. No, it was vinyl, eight tracks, CDs, and then of course now just whatever digital downloads. But if you think he's sold a lot in America, Europe, and Asia, I think he's made hundreds and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars overseas. I can't imagine. It's probably a gross amount of money. <laughs> uh, he like uh, what's his name Hasselhoff. I mean Lionel Richie's made more, but Hasselhoff sold all his music overseas. The the um, Baywatch guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, he was a crooner. He's jacked. Yeah, well that too. 
Yeah. Uh, you you love that about him, right? Because you lift. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, like I saw on... Did, did, was uh, he a guy that you looked at and went, I, that's what I want to look like on the beach? Well, that guy. And then also when I was younger on ESPN, they would show the World's Strongest Man competitions. Oh, really? And it just came on at like three o'clock on a Wednesday. And you just got home watched from school. It. And I'm like, dude, these guys are lifting... They're, they're pulling planes. <laughs> they're lifting cars on their shoulders. Uh, it's got to be healthy for you. <laughs> yeah. The Out of Bounds <laughs> Show is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. Financing life outside the city limits. Southern Ag Credit in Ridgeland. Right there. You can see it from uh, I-55. Southern Ag Credit in Ridgeland. Financing life outside the city limits powered by southern ag credit steve palazzolo coming up next on the farm bureau insurance guest line uh good morning welcome in the out of bounds show is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Golf balls, golf clubs, putters, drivers, irons, golf accessories. All at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. We are the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Our guests join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We welcome in Steve Palzolo. Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Steve, uh, is your family back from from the two-week vacation at Disney World yet? No, they just left two days ago. We're in in day three out of 12 here. Okay. Okay. And so how's it going? Yeah, so far so good. There's, There's a lot of pressure here. You know, it's like, what would you do if you had 12 days? It's a lot, you know, there's a lot to get done here with 12 days. But, uh, no, it's going great. It's uh, I miss them a little bit. It's a little quieter without the four kids running around, but uh, also less stressful. <laughs> All right. So you have four kids under what, 10? Eight. Oh, four boys between three and eight. You, yeah. have, you have four boys between three and eight. Have you gotten a vasectomy? <laughs> no. Okay. Are you Catholic? I once kept wanting a girl, and here we are. Four oh, boys. I got you. Um, are, you uh, are you Catholic? I'm not. Okay. No. Do you, uh, are you going to have more kids or are you thinking about getting a vasectomy? No, I have no idea. Okay. All right. See what happens. So four kids under eight, they're in Disney World and you're at home. I mean, I would think you would eat steak every night. You're already yeah. binge watching yeah. football. Do you have a dog? No dog, but uh, a lot of steak, ribs. I got, you know, I got a buddy who's great at, you know, whipping up uh, the barbecue. He made some ribs for me. I'm going to make some myself this weekend. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. All right. So the rib game. Now, you know, we were talking earlier this morning. We Down here in Mississippi, we, well, in the south, but in Mississippi, we have great we have great gas station food, okay? Um, you know, people will have people on gas stations. They'll have smokers outside the gas station. They'll smoke a bunch of meats. Um, they'll fry catfish, um, fried chicken, chicken strips, okra, all this. Do y'all, in the Cincinnati area, do you have, would you say you have gas stations that have good food or is it just 
crappy gas station food. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nothing like what you just uh, just described. It's not great at all. Okay. No. So, yeah, I'm not eating at gas stations. Good. Good. Stick not with the steaks and the ribs, yeah. and I, I really like where you're going with that. What What is, like, the sandwich, the best sandwich up there? I mean, is it is it uh, French dip, prime rib, brisket sandwich? Man. We don't. We don't even have. I don't think Cincinnati has anything that's all that special. They just they, they take pride in their skyline chili, which is oh, terrible. Sounds awful. Yeah. All right. We'll there's get into food. Some places around here, but there's no like staple Cincinnati sandwich. It's staple whatever that chili is. I guess. Would you say Jeff Ruby's is your best steakhouse, or is there like four or five of them that that compete for that that label or honor? No, it's Ruby's. No, he, he, Ruby's is outstanding. And okay. there, there's a couple different, you know, like, um, knock not knockoffs, but, you know, Ruby's branded steakhouses up here that are all excellent. But, yeah, that's that's top notch. Okay. All right. Um, just so you'll know, I had a urology clinic as a, as a sponsor for, for oh. a while. And I did a vasectomy commercial for them. And that was the reason why. <laughs> I did. I mean, if... If there's a sponsorship opportunity in it for me, well, I'll talk it over. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. You know, uh, see, right after our set, right after our second child, we had them 17 months apart, Steve. And Wendy looked at me and was like, you're getting a vasectomy. And I was like, okay, I'm on the phone five minutes later. (laughs) And uh, so I knocked that out 17 years ago or 18. Um, Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider. Uh, also ribs expert on the out of bounds show. All four of his kids are in Disney world for 12 days. So we'll see where this all goes for Steve, but let's talk Dak and the Cowboys. What are they looking at? You know, the Seahawks team is still dangerous, even though Geno Smith may not be playing quite at the level that they want him to. Although you you're seeing other things. What can we look for tonight and how could the Cowboys get in trouble with this game, Steve? I mean, I think Geno Smith's been a mid-tier, you know, average quarterback this year. Um, Seattle's in the middle of a really difficult stretch. They just played the Niners last week, of course, on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys tonight, they have the Niners again, and then they have the Eagles. So the Seahawks, I think they're a, you know, second-tier NFC type of team. Started 6-4. and four. But because of this stretch, you know, they, they could end up, you know, 6-9 and nine pretty quickly here. So... Um, six and eight, six and nine, pretty quickly. So, you know, I, I think Seattle, they're a competitive team. If they're going to keep it close, I think they can try to run the ball a little bit, try to shorten the game. It is unbelievable how good the Cowboys have been at turning the ball over under Dan Quinn the last few years. Of course, Deron Bland with all those kick sixes. This pass rush should overwhelm Seattle's offensive line, even though they, I think they're getting their right tackle back, Abe, Abe Lucas. But, yeah, like Seattle's only chance, I think, is – you know, shortening the game, of course, the turnover thing, if, you know, the ball bounces their way, but shortening the game, running the ball a little bit, and they do have good receivers to throw to. DK and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba's been st- stepping up, and Tyler Lockett, so they can get the ball to those guys, but I think Seattle's got to play their old-school Pete Carroll, you know, run the ball and shorten the game and keep Dallas off the field type of deal. All right, and when you look at it, but you feel, you feel like the Cowboys will take care of business? It, or I, I see. I think I just got a feeling this is going to be a close game tonight. It's just setting yeah, I mean, up that way. I mean, Dallas is in this 
you know, weird spot where they have absolutely dominated all of the bad teams other than Arizona. And then, of course, you know, they, they played competitively against Philadelphia but lost. They lost to the Niners. I mean, the Cowboys haven't played a lot of these, you know, middle-class type of games. When they played a team like the Chargers, you know, it was competitive. So it's not like it was. It's not like Dallas is going to win by 25 every single game. Um, so, yeah, it could be competitive, but over time, you know, the Cowboys are, are a, better, a better team and they, they should win it. But, yeah, absolutely, it could be a good game because Seattle's no, no, no pushover. I don't think um, – and even the Washington game, you know, it got out of hand late on Thanksgiving, but um, that's just what the Cowboys do. They make things get out of hand by, um, by creating those big plays. Now that uh, Pete Carroll's been in the NFL for a long time, where would you rank him as far as what tier of a coach? I think it's I think it's real interesting what he's done with with Geno Smith and you know not that you know Russell Wilson's been okay this year but you see the all all we can go on is the the with and without you know wit and without as they say in Philly when you're getting your cheesesteaks you getting a wit onions or without <laughs> and uh, the wit without with uh, Russell Wilson it's like hey they they created a competitive team and a playoff team last year in what should have been a rebuild you know so I think that's impressive for Carroll I think he's shown that he's in that top 10 caliber of coach. I think if you're, if you're looking for like in season, I'm sorry, in game management, he's probably a step behind some of the other coaches, but that's only a fraction of what a coach does. They're getting guys motivated and getting guys uh, playing to the uh, best of their ability. I think he's outstanding at developing uh, uh, defensive backs. He's been great there. So yeah, I think he's, he's one of the better coaches in the league and he's doing it in his seventies, which is really impressive, especially given where Seattle's roster was two years ago. Sure. Uh, I think he's a hell of a coach. Steve Palazzolo, uh, NFL insider, pro football focus. Uh, he's got the podcast, pff.com, uh, YouTube. They're doing all kinds of crazy fun stuff. What do you make of Sean Payton and the five-game winning streak for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is how good Denver's defense has been. You know, I, I thought that they would turn it around a little bit just because the uh, you know, the interesting thing about analysis is when you see something really good or really bad, most people tell a story about that and say, this thing's really good, this thing's really bad. And when you look at it analytically, you think of the opposite. You're like, well, it can't be that bad forever. You know, so the Broncos were historically bad on defense for about five weeks of the season. And I was thinking, it can't be that bad forever. You know, and, and they've really turned it around these last few weeks. They're, they're in a crazy stretch of being able to turn the ball over. That's a challenge to, to maintain that. But Denver getting their defense back on track has been outstanding. And then offensively, they're doing just enough. Like you're seeing one or two old school Russell Wilson magic plays a game, and they all happen to go for touchdowns, which is great. You know, I mean, they, he's throwing the ball on the run and giving guys chances to make plays. Um, so I don't think Russ is completely back but he's he's doing just enough and they're running the ball a ton so i think they've done a nice job just adjusting to their personnel and getting the defense back on track after it looked like an absolute train wreck from the first five six weeks of the season steve palazzolo nfl insider on the farm bureau insurance guest line let's uh let me follow up with this russell wilson you said i don't think he's quite back is what he's doing he is what he is now or do you actually believe that there's going to be an uptick or he's going to jump up another tier or even two of quarterback play i think there could still be more in there i mean again the stats are ridiculously good i think you know if you just look at passer rating or touchdown to interception ratio i think there's some 
I think there's some empty stats in there as well. But, yeah, I think there could be another tick. I'd be interested to see if they uh, – one more year of investment from a playmaker standpoint. You know, like when Sean Payton got there, they went all offensive line. They spent all their money and left guard, Ben Powers, right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. They spent their money on the offensive line, didn't have that first-round pick last year. So if they start investing a little bit more at receiver, where, again, we saw Russ for a stretch with really good receivers. And if they invest there, then we might see an uptick even in production. So, again, I don't think snap for snap he's as, as good as he was at his peak in Seattle. But, again, you're seeing those flashes and you're seeing um, he looks more athletic than he did last year. He's capable of breaking the pocket and not getting tracked down as much as he was. So those are all encouraging signs, I think, for us. Okay. Um, let's go to Bill Belichick. Is he done? Is he? Um, what's What's going on? I mean, he's the GOAT but this thing continues to get worse and worse and go downhill. What is the answer for Belichick? You're up. You're from up that way. What, what's the answer for, for Belichick, New England, and Robert Kraft? Yeah, I think there's probably a mutual parting of ways. Um, what, I'm, what I'm interested in, and then, you know, there's a – we're going to hear so many rumors for the next five or six months. Belichick's going to Washington and the Chargers and whoever. You know, that, it's all going to come up. Um, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that they're so bad now. Because I didn't think they'd be good. I thought they'd be a six, seven, eight win team again. But they're so bad now. They're going to be sitting there picking in the top three or four. Might have a chance to draft a quarterback. I am interested in, in Robert Kraft thinking, okay, Bill Belichick is actually the best guy to, to rebuild this thing. Um, yeah, it all collapsed, and it was post-Brady, and I think we've learned, hey, Brady's the driver there, even though you know Belichick had to find Brady and develop him, but once he's there, it's like, okay, he's the driver of success because that's what elite quarterbacks do. But I wonder if, if they circle back and say, well, if we could have a Drake May in here, maybe Bill Belichick is the best person to rebuild this program. But I think, but I think Robert Kraft has to look at this and say, the, the problem here is you're, you're, you'd, you'd be moving on from a GM and a head coach. And I do think general manager Bill Belichick has not been great. Right. And I think he got away with stuff even in the Brady era. I mean, there were they they were always in the AFC Championship. But if you look at up and down their roster, it wasn't like, a, you know, you look at everybody beyond Tom Brady. You're not like, oh, of course that's an AFC Championship team. You just had this incredible, uh, you know, high uh, high floor because Brady was there. Right. So, and he's still a good defensive coach. You know, they've had a ton of injuries. So I'm interested if they if they say, hey, you can rebuild this thing with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May if they get an opportunity there, or if it's just, okay, it's run its course, we're all moving on, and Belichick ends up getting traded because he'd have to get traded to Washington or Carolina, the Chargers, every team that needs a coach is going to be rumored to be like interested in Belichick, which I think is fair. You know, I would probably give him a shot as well as a coach. Even at his age and, and how hard-headed he is, I mean, I know he's – Got all the Super Bowls. I know he's the GOAT. So even, yeah. you know, asking this question, maybe some people think it's insane, but at his age, as hard-headed as he's been and what he's been post-Brady, you still, you feel like the market will be wild for as far as opportunities for Bill Belichick. Yes or no? Yeah, I, I, I think, let me rephrase what I thought. From from my standpoint, I don't think I would do it, again, because of the age. And, and, yeah, I think there was a huge Brady factor there. 
And it doesn't just because he discovered Brady or gave him the, I mean, he made the bold choice to put Brady in and he deserves credit for that. Um, But that doesn't mean that he could do it again. Right. It doesn't mean that Bailey Zappi is going to be the next Tom Brady here because Bill Belichick decided. Um, But Oh, I think there'll be a market for him. I I mean, especially, uh, you know, new ownership, Carolina trying to make a splash. Yeah. Carolina with, with an owner who's trying to make a splash. I think, I think they'll, There'll there'll be a market for for Bill Belichick. All right, if you were if uh, Steve Palazzolo, pff.com, Pro Football Focus, on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, and uh, this interview is driven by your next Ford F one fifty at Mack Hike Ford, I fifty five North in Jackson. If if you were a GM and you could pick any coach in the league today, outside of Andy Reid, who would you pick? Kyle Shanahan. It's absolutely Shanahan. I, it's, it has, and just like Andy Reid, I want I want a guy who has consistently elevated quarterbacks, mm-hmm. whoever they may be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Andy Reid. That's Kyle Shanahan. Um, I don't even know if, and, and it's Kyle Shanahan's tree. You know, it's it's Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. It's uh, my friend Bobby Slowick with the Houston Texans. Maybe so far, you know what he's doing with C.J. Stroud. It's that whole tree. I mean, I don't even know if you could say that about a Sean McVay. In his in, in Zach Taylor, part of his tree, or Kevin O'Connell, um, I don't even know if you could say that consistently about other coaches yet. Except Kyle Shanahan and his tree have continually elevated uh, co- uh, quarterbacks, and right. that's that's the baseline, right? I mean, I want that as a starting point with my head coach. Who'd be number two? I mean, Mike. The whole tree would be interesting. Mike McDaniel would be interesting. I mean, I think Nick Sirianni. Probably, yeah. I think with Sirianni wow. with the Eagles, of course, you're pairing that with um, Howie Roseman. But that's you know, Sirianni still has to execute, right? And they've been forward thinking, and he's executed forward thinking uh, in game decisions and in putting guys in position to succeed. So I think Sirianni deserves a ton of credit for what he's done with the Eagles. Obviously, they they keep winning. So is Roseman the the best GM in the league right now with the Philadelphia? Yeah, Eagles? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I've highlighted when we get into draft season and or people look at teams and it's like, oh, you missed on this draft pick. You know, Howie Roseman made one of the biggest, if you just looked at it, blunders in the last 10 years where, where you took Jalen Rager right in front of Justin Jefferson. Um, but it didn't matter. You know, I mean, just missing on a couple picks here and there doesn't matter. It's not about always hitting on the players. It's about your process. And Roseman's process is outstanding. He accumulates draft picks. He... You know, takes advantages in the market uh, of the market. He signs players uh, for pennies on the dollar who still have something to offer. He values the right positions, invests in the trenches and in t- in receiver places that where you have to where you're going to win. And he doesn't invest as much in um, less valuable positions. He just makes a lot of good decisions for the for the Eagles. Ah, uh, that's terrible for me. Um, mm, mm, mm. I, I <laughs> How just... are you not talking about just Dak? I thought this whole time we'd be talking about how great Dak is because he deserves that credit right now. Well, I thought about it, and then we got into you being a bachelor for 12 days and the vasectomy, and then I got – I mean, we hit the Cowboys. All right, how about this? Yeah. What, what was your reaction to Aaron Rodgers talking about how Dak Prescott is his favorite QB to watch? Oh, I didn't actually hear that. That is, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Dak, Dak does a lot of things well, you know, I mean, obviously he, I think he's playing the best ball of his career. Um, when he, he works through his progressions extremely well. 
he wants to win from the pocket, even though he can, you know, run a little bit and scramble. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's an interesting statement from Rodgers because I think, yeah, Dak does a lot of, you know, general quarterback thing, uh, things well. And even though I think Dak's um, on-field production or, you know, actual performance has fluctuated a little bit through the years, when you take take care of things mechanically, I think C.J. Stroud's very much like this. You work well mechanically within the pocket. You can go on these stretches where things are good. I mean, Dak is outstanding just picking apart zone defenses, knowing where to go. Um, so, yeah, like right now it's all coming together with uh, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks breaking out, the, the young tight ends. Um, so, yeah, I could, I could see that. Dak is fun to watch. Well, I think him moving around more this year, Steve. I don't know if y'all try to – quantify that or whatever but but I, I he's running a little bit more but just moving at, you know extending the play a little bit rolling out left or right I, I think he's doing more of that it, it, when y'all running the numbers is he or am I wrong I can I can look it up and see how much he's he's moved off the spot I think I'll, every part of his game has been good yeah. you know I think you could see he's hitting like one outstanding seam route or two per game you could tell that the Cowboys, when they get into the high red zone, they're trying to hit that seam to the tight end. He's, he's hit five or six of those this year. Um, so he's attacking every level of the field. And then it also has coincided with, hey, we're going to feature C.D. Lamb. We're going to try to feed him as much as possible. But then if he's not there, then there's Brandon Cooks. And then there's the young tight ends. I think they've got that hierarchy in order right now every single week. Because you know, how many times on this? show do i say you need three or four pass catchers sure because if cd lamb is one-on-one all right we're going to him if he's taken away we go to the next guy and i think there's just this really good balance of feeding the right playmakers in dallas and and dak doing a good job getting the ball to them throwing the ball accurately yeah i need a w tonight i don't need seattle to come in here and and because the nfl man you don't ever know steve you know that Uh, i mean oh of course uh, yeah. It could be it could be a great game tonight. I hope it's a great game. I do think Dallas will win, but then um, Eagles right around the corner. So it's, I saw there's a that. lot of good games in the NFC right now. So. Yeah, back to back Thursday night games. So they didn't get that uh, that nine day that nine day rest. To uh, are your power rankings Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys? In the NFC, I think that's yeah. I would say that. I think the Eagles will probably have the edge on the Niners at home this weekend. But the Niners are cooking, man. They are. They are back, you know, as far as their offensive health and the way the defense is playing. It's going to be a great matchup this weekend. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. The Eagles are weird, right? Because they they keep sneaking through a bunch of these games. They're not yeah. dominating like yeah. the Niners and Cowboys do. I don't know if that'll come back to bite or if it's just the Eagles know how to win and they win different ways. Right. We'll learn a lot, I think, this weekend against the the Niners. Okay. Uh, it looks like uh, Jason's New Orleans Saints are going to have a new coach later after the season. Um, I just yeah. don't think this is going to end up going the right way for Dennis Allen, Steve. Yeah, the Saints are you know, the three or four teams every year that are very annoying as far as <laughs> predicting what they're going to do. Right? I mean, that's the Saints. The whole year, I'm ex- I, I've gone on. I'm on here, kind of optimistic about their personnel and what they're capable of. And Derek Carr's not great, but he's good enough. I. I I don't have the exact numbers here. I do know they're bad in the red zone this year, and Derek Carr is one of the worst graded red zone quarterbacks this year. That probably got even worse last year, last week with the pick six. It's one of the most horrendous red zone teams I've ever seen. You know, they're unbelievable. But this has been a bit of a trend for Derek Carr, even with the Raiders. That's a huge concern. 
And then it's like, all right, well, Taysom Hill's a great red zone weapon. This would be the year to lean into Taysom Hill. And then he fumbles in the red zone. Um, so, yeah, they just they can't get out of their own way, even though, again, I think they're really talented, really capable on both sides of the ball. They just can't put it all together for more than two weeks in a row. All right. We'll leave, man, 49ers-Eagles could be a phenomenal football game. Holy smokes, man. All right, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, uh, the podcast, YouTube, and, of course, the site's the number one site in football. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Um, I know you've got nine more days as a bachelor or ten, and I hope you eat uh, a ton of steak and ribs and uh, and have a great time. Thank you so much. That is the plan. I'll keep you updated next week. Okay, see you, buddy. Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Uh, Jason's mad at me because I called him his New Orleans Saints when really he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Yes. He's got a hell of a coach. He's got to get a quarterback, though. Uh, Kirk Cousins was a good quarterback, but he's no longer playing. So I don't know what you're going to do. Josh Raggio, Raggio Mercantile Shop, 915 Live in Studio. 